From the world of sports to the world of pop culture and beyond, it's Step 1, Learn Sports. Now, your hosts, Brittany Wench and Avery Harder. This is Step 1, Learn Sports. I'm Brittany. I'm Avery. We got producer Arby in the house, Rhett Bryan of Titans Radio. We are, as always, bridging the gap between pop culture and sports and breaking down why everyone else seems to get so into stats, sports news, the rivalries. Maybe you're super into finding out everything that you can about Hannah B.'s Bachelorette contestants, which we definitely are. Yes. We hope that after listening to this, you're also interested in finding out everything you can about this year's potential top NBA draft picks. I don't know. I think Hannah B. might take the take the scoop for me on that one. Oh, I know. I definitely went through and saw that there's actually, I went to school with one of the guys, Connor from Missouri. He looked like a porcelain doll. He sure did. He was in, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, he was in the fraternity DU, Delta Upsilon. Interesting. And there's okay. also a uh, European basketball player, professional basketball player, as one of the contestants on her season too. There Sports you go. and pop culture. Look at that. The Bachelor is clearly listening to Step 1 Learn Sports. This episode, we have your 60-second skinny, which is six sports stories, each in 60 seconds. Uh, The Drake Effect. You might not know what it is. We're here to break it down for you. Curses on teams in sports. They're out there. The lottery draft was this week. What is it? We've got a TBT for you because it's Thursday. And also... As always, we are wrapping up the episode with no dumb questions because the only question that is stupid is the one that you do not ask. So, Avery. New Orleans Pelicans received the number one draft spot after the NBA draft lottery. They are expected to draft Zion Williamson as their number one pick. And we will explain what the draft lottery is and how it's different from the actual NBA draft. There might be some confusion there. Federal judge will not release the video of Patriots owner Robert Kraft in the Florida Day Spa saying that it was obtained illegally and cannot be used in the case. Thank goodness. Honestly, nobody. I do not want to see that. Anybody no. who says please release it is gross. Yes. Uh, Toronto Raptors make the first ever Game 7 buzzer beater shot to send them to the Eastern Conference Finals while where they will face the Milwaukee Bucks. I love when historical moments happen in my lifetime. Yeah, right? This will be talked about. The annual Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition was released last week with model Tyra Banks, U.S. Women's National Team star Alex Morgan, and model Camille Kostek, who is Gronk's girlfriend, gracing each of the three covers. Tyra Banks. Literally, I lived for reruns of America's Next Top Model on Saturday mornings. However, I'm really not crazy about the yellow bathing suit that she's sporting because it reminds me of what they give you when you get a spray tan. Yeah, it really is only placed so that you have no tan lines. Literally, yes. Kevin Durant's injury leaves the Golden State Warriors without one of their lead players as they battle the Trailblazers for the Western Conference Championship. Do you think that he'll use his off time to scroll through Twitter on his burner account? It's not frowned upon anymore if he's not playing. (laughs) Tiger Woods is making his run for another major at the PGA Championship this upcoming weekend. And womp womp in another episode of Britney Brings Down the Mood. Tiger also owns a restaurant in Florida, Jupiter, Florida, the same one where Robert Kraft the day spa. went to the day spa. Um, one of his bartenders from that establishment died in a drunk driving accident after his shift. I guess he was drinking after his shift with um, some of the people that work there, too. Mm-hmm. And so now Tiger Woods is being sued for that. Hashtag don't blame Tiger. Yeah. Bringing the mood back up, though. Avery, the rapper on your walk up song. 
Drake, when we talked about Drizzy. baseball songs, he seems to have a lot of effect on the success or lack thereof for some sports teams. Oh, he does. And I mean, if you follow Champagne Poppy on social media, <laughs> he likes a lot of random teams from Kentucky, Roll Tide, Serena Williams. He blindly loves them and we'll put up a picture of him in their hoodie, any sort of jersey he has. And the next thing you know, they their, their season is ruined. Well, and I really can't believe this is the first time that I'm like either putting two and two together or actually hearing about it. Well, I saw on Twitter that he put on a jersey for one of the teams in the European Soccer League. Um, I believe it was Barcelona and they were destined to win the tournament over there and they lost the first game and were out. And I was like, Drake effect is real. And one of my friends is a Chelsea fan and he was like, thank God he's not wearing a Chelsea jersey. Like I cannot handle my team losing. Okay, so what are some prime examples other than the one you just mentioned? Prime example number one, Alabama Crimson Tide, who I love to see lose, so I'm very glad that Drake chose them to be a fan of. Yeah, I'm ready for that dynasty yes. to end. But he was seen wearing a hoodie representing them, and then they suffered their worst loss in a dozen years under Saban. Yeah, I don't think I've ever uh, seen, I haven't seen a loss like that in a long time. It's the curse of the number one seed or the Drake curse. But I think Drake has to be the blame for this one. Curse of the Drizzy. Yes. He then released a song called Draft Day that he dedicated oh, no. to Johnny Manziel going into the 2014 NFL draft. And if you remember that draft, every single time it was someone's chance to pick, everyone thought it was going to be Johnny because he was expected to be like oh, yeah. top three. Nope. Johnny football. Yeah. And now two years later, he's completely out of the NFL. Yeah. Drake puts down another one. Oh, boy. But this, I think, is my personal favorite. So back in 2015, Drake and Serena Williams were dating. Oh, I remember this. Yes. She was on the verge of a record-breaking season. She had already won three majors, and Drake was seen in the stands at the U.S. Open cheering her on. And then she loses in one of the most stunning upsets in women's tennis history. That was while he was dating. That was while she was dating Drake? Yeah. I never, I always thought that that was such an odd couple. It never made sense to I don't me. Know, I kind of liked it. I just, I wasn't I just into love it. Drake. So anyone that he dates, I'm on board with. But don't get me wrong, I do love Drake. But for no. some reason, I thought that the Serena Williams Drake combo was. So anyway, so she lost. Yeah. And it's not because of her ability to perform. Look at her. She's the best tennis athlete oh, yeah. in women or men's. Yeah. And, but then you date Drake and his fandom brings you down a notch. So I pray every night when I go to bed that he does not become an Arkansas Razorback or a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. <laughs> yeah, same. I pray that he does not become a Green Bay Packer fan or a Chicago Bears fan. Yes, we need all the help we can get, <laughs> and Drake will just continue to bring us down a notch. But if he wanted to become, uh, continue to be a Alabama Crimson Tide fan? Yeah, go right ahead. All power to him. Patriots, sporting. they probably need some more fans. Oh, pa oh, I hope he sports a full track suit yeah, of the Patriots. Right? Maybe him and Robert Kraft will hang out together. Probably. They spot it up. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Drake dating people, so I have a theory about him and Rihanna. Okay. I'm going to take you through a little history of um, their dating life, per se. Bring it. Yeah. So they met in early 2000s. Like, I think it was like 2008 or something okay. on the set of her Pondé Replay music video. Yes. Yes. I do right? remember that. So throughout the years, they have been on again, off again dating right he has said nothing but great things about her like in the news um in interviews he went on ellen and said i've got nothing but love for her so i think they went on a date early they're spotted out multiple times throughout the years then 2016 
rumors start to fly that they're actually together for real this time. They've got hits together. I would love that. Like, what a power I know. couple. That's exactly. They would run the industry. Yes. They have so many power hits together. Like, yes. what's my name? Oh, uh, no, no. Oh, no, my name? What's my name? Um, work. What a bop. Work, 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 work. Too good. Yeah. I'm way too good. Honestly, maybe if they're not dating, they could be a duo. I mean, I'd be I, here for that. I think that a lot I don't of people think that would rap go, has duos. It, well, it's, it would be just like Beyonce and Jay Z going on uh, their on the run tour. Yeah, I mean that was that was a an insane tour. I never got to wow. go to it, but I I, I watched went to the, it. I watched the videos. I went to it in August in Nashville, and it blew me away. Yeah, so they have all these great hits together. Mm-hmm. He's had nothing but great things to say about Rihanna and Rihanna about him. So 2016, they spark these romance rumors that they are actually for real together because they um, in two uh, in August of 2016 at the MTV Video Music Awards. He gives her the Video Vanguard Award on stage and basically professes his love for her out there. This okay. is during the time that they have the work song. Uh-huh. They perform at the Grammys. He wishes her happy birthday at one of his concerts. Um, they kissed out in public. Okay. All of a sudden, so that's August. All of a sudden, April 2017, they like can't be in the same room together. Like it's awkward. There was a video at some kid's birthday party and they are like, Completely He's, opposite. Oh, completely like his, not even. her team is around her yes. protecting. Like yeah. if he came up, they would block it out. Yeah. Okay? In, in okay. an interview in May 2018, it was a Vogue interview. She says, and I quote, we don't have a friendship, but we're not enemies either. It is what it is. So there's there's that kind of history. Now let's also go into Drake's other dating history. January 2017 is when he seen out in Amsterdam with that Sophie chick. Okay, then October 11th, 2017, nine-ish, 10-ish, months-ish mm-hmm. from the time that they're seen together. Interesting timing. Interesting timing. He has his son, Adonis. Adonis is born. What I think is that I think they were full on together. I think that Drake came clean to Rihanna and said, look, I screwed up. I have this chance with you now, finally. And, and I got another girl pregnant. I cheated on you. Yeah. And I think that she was just like, you're dead to me. Because that's Rihanna. She's oh, savage. she should be. Yeah. Savage. Oh, she is a savage. Yeah, literally. Isn't that the name of her? Uh, yes. It's the best. Her song. line. Her clothing line. Yes. Oh, she has a clothing Fen- line? Fenty Savage, I think, is the oh, name I of her. Oh, I didn't know that. But well, she has a I mean, song like, that says, la- like, oh, like a lingerie Didn't line. I tell you I was a savage? Yeah, that too. Like, I mean, she's telling you straight up, don't, don't mess with her. Yeah. I really think that she was just like... I won't be disrespected like that, boy, bye. And now, like, not even positive things to say about him uh, in uh But didn't, interviews. like, no one knew that Drake had a kid until the song came out? Yeah, exactly. I thought his kid's name was Mabed. No, 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 no. Adonis Mabed. Mabed is his middle name. Okay, I was like, because everyone thinks mama. he's saying my bed. Right. And then we're all, like, sending him selfies of us in our bed being like, just love this. Yeah. But... It's really his son. Well, his his son, everyone else was debating too. Like, what if his name is with no makeup on? Because in one of his songs, <laughs> he's like, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. That's when you're the prettiest. I hope that you don't take it wrong. <laughs> I'm telling you, Drake's, Drake spits the fire. He really should not have crossed Rihanna, though. I mean, I personally would love for him to be with Nicki Minaj because mm. all the Young Money team, big fan. And I just, I don't know, I feel like they'd vibe a little bit more than him and Riri. Long term. Riri would be great for him, though. Yeah. See, Rihanna, like in my in my eyes of like R&B female artists, Rihanna's top for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. She's I mean, I don't think her and Beyonce are comparable. I think they are completely different different styles. Different lanes. Yeah. Yeah. Not 
but they complement each other well. However, all right, if if I were to say which concert would you want to go to more? I know you've already gone to a Beyonce concert, but if you were presented, and let's say you've seen them both, all right? If you were presented, would you rather go to a Beyonce concert or a Rihanna concert? Which one would you choose? Um, just between the two of them, I would pick Beyonce. But if I had to pick between Beyonce and Jay-Z and Rihanna, I would pick Rihanna. Because I really like Jay Z, but I feel like he brought her down a notch. Oh, I definitely feel like the, here first. the feedback from that concert was like, I went for the Beyonce concerts and I sat for the Jay Z or the Beyonce songs and yes. sat for the Jay Z. Yeah, songs. like he had his like Forever Young and all the good ones, but I don't know. His stage presence isn't as much of a performance as Beyonce's is, and I'm sure Rihanna's because that's what I'm there for. I'm there for the entertainment, okay. and I want to see a full on production. And that's what Beyonce does. And I'm sure that's what Rihanna does. Mm-hmm. And given the chance, I'd love to see Rihanna. The good news is Drake did not put any kind of curse on Rihanna, in my opinion. I mean, granted, I'm still waiting for her to come out with her like her new album. She's been featured yeah. on a lot of songs. Um, I think but, she's going to drop some serious fire oh yeah. on us soon. Oh, yeah. She said some things like this year there's going to be something coming out. Yeah. 2019 is the year for a new album. We haven't had anything since... Um, well, a solo album from her since Anti, Anti, I don't know yeah. how you pronounce um, it. I pronounce it Anti. Me too. That's what I say. But someone was like, no, it's Anti. I'm like, oh, no, oh, well, it's not like Anti and each Uncle. their own. Anti. But yeah, so he didn't curse her. But there are some historical curses on teams that don't have anything to do with Drake. And when I say curses on teams, what, Avery, to you is the first one that kind of comes to mind? Has to be Bambino. Okay, has to be. Enlighten us. So the curse of the Bambino, superstition around the Boston Red Sox. Oof. They had an 86-year drought. The curse started in 1918. A long time ago. Which was forever ago and ended in 2004. Ooh, that is a long drought. It is a very long drought. Like, in, in a town of Boston that has so many professional sports teams, like... It's got to affect the vibe of everyone, right? Uh-huh. I mean, the Patriots clearly are not hurting right now. No. But this happened after the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth, who was nicknamed the Bambino. So that's kind of... The Great Bambino. Yes. And they also talk about Bambino in The Sandlot, which yeah. classic movie that everyone should watch. Yeah. But they sold him to the Yankees. That's... The Red Sox' biggest Mm, rivalry. That is, you don't do that. No, and they did that in the offseason leading into 1919-1920 season, which to say those years. I know, I was like, I know, I'm like, this is 2019, (laughs) if you think about it that way. Yeah. Yes. So it became the focal point of the Yankees Red Sox rivalry forever until the Red Sox came back in 2004. They were down zero to three. Oh, this is one of my favorite 30 for 30s on ESPN is this story you're about to yeah. tell. Yeah, so they were down 0-3 to three facing the Yankees in the American League Championship. They went on to win and beat the St. Louis Cardinals in the 2004 World Series. Highly worth the watch. I know I mentioned it before in one of our previous episodes, but very much so worth the watch. It's called Four Nights in October or Four Days in October. Yeah, because it's a seven-game series. Down zero to three. So if the Yankees would have won the next game, series would have been over. Right. But the Red Sox won four games in a row. Which has never happened before and has not happened since. No. And then reverse the curse is the phrase that they've used. It got graffitied all over the town of Boston, as any town would. And honestly, I'm just waiting for the curse of the Jaguars to be over. 
Yeah, stand by on that one. Um, <laughs> ironically, though, there seem to be a lot of curses in baseball as it is. Yeah. So my favorite favorite, I guess is a very strange way to say it, but my most favorite curse, yeah, you know, my, my favorite, favorite bad thing that's happened to another person. Right. Ironically, this is it. <laughs> is the Chicago Cubs. So they have um, notably and historically been known as the lovable losers because they had not won a World Series since 1908. All right. So that's a long drought, too. That, that is over 84 something years. Something happened in the early 1900s that you just didn't want to be drinking the water if you were a baseball player. They had not seen a World Series appearance in 71 years, not since the curse of the Billy Goat was born. So let me set let me set the scene for you. It was game four in the 1945 World Series at Wrigley Field, which is such a gorgeous venue if you have never been. I plan to go this summer. I hear it's one of the best atmospheres. Plus, there's nothing that makes me happier than a ballpark dog. Oh, I was just going to say, give me a hot dog. It's going to feel like summer. That's all I want. So American. The Cubs were up in this series two to one. Okay. There was a guy named Billy who owned the Billy Goat Tavern in Wrigleyville, which if you haven't been to that establishment, you must go. He had a goat, ironically, of course, <laughs> by the name of Murphy, and he wanted Ooh, to take him. Name. Yeah, he wanted to take him to the game. Now, this goat, I think of like goat yoga, you know, That's the tiny little of. ones. He was a he wasn't like a mini a goat. goat. No, he was not a mini goat. I mean, there were pictures of him. He had like dressed him up at some points in time, and he had horns. Like he was a goat. Oh, yeah, yeah, he I'm was not one that you would want to take to. Uh, no you know, a very crowded area. No, but he wanted to, he's like, oh, I, I own a bar right here in Wrigleyville, right down the street. Why Let's, not bring your goat to work day? The, exactly. Why not bring the goat into the game? So, well, people laughed at him. Apparently the goat smelled really bad, which as goats well, tend to I mean, to they're do. farm animals. Farm it's animals not like do. they have access to Dove and Pantene like us humans. Exactly. And I'm sure at that time they didn't have those type of assets either. Oh, yes. I don't know how long that like uh, modern shampoo has been around. But <laughs> I feel like it was a very smelly time. Yes, I don't know when deodorant was invented, but I mean, Chicago in the summer, I'm sure it's hot. Well, and think about the clothes that they wore back in 1945. Yeah, they did not, not have not the wear. Tyra Banks swimming suits that we're yes, seeing they were seeing in Sports not, They were fully clothed and probably a little bit thicker clothes than what we have these days. Yeah, so people laughed at him and said that he couldn't bring the goat in, so they turned him away. He was, as you can imagine, livid. You know how people feel about their dogs nowadays? Yes. Like, if you're not going to let me in, I'm not going to come. So now they make all these, like pet free restaurants but this makes me think of like when you go to a football game or a basketball game and your purse is like one centimeter too big and they're like you can't come in with that sorry i get riled up yeah and then they let me in so billy says in you know a direct quote pretty much very similar he says you are going to lose this world series now remember they're up he says you're going to lose this world series and you're never going to win another world series again that's how angry he had to be because he's a cubs fan obviously he owns a bar in wrigleyville yes so what happened they lost game four the game that he was going to Mm -hmm. and then they lost the series to detroit in seven games and they did not see another world series appearance until 2016 do we think, I don't know the average lifespan of a goat, but do we think maybe the goat crossed the rainbow bridge in like 2015? Could have happened. Something, maybe something happened to the bar, maybe like that burned theory. a little bit, maybe he like lost a lucky hat or something that, something that was affecting this man and his billy goat had to have happened to release the curse. I do know that Billy died on October 22nd. In like the 1900s. Mm-hmm. On October 22nd, 2016, the Cubs won the pennant. 
also that year, the year they won the World Series, yeah. the MVP was number 46. Billy was 46 when he died. I mean, wow. yeah. You can't make that stuff up. I can't. No, you can't. No. Like, well, I mean, actually, you probably could make it up, but it's crazy. I wouldn't know if you were lying right now, honestly. I would just go with it and then I'd spread the word. Then everyone else would be speaking the falseness. Fact checkers, go ahead, check it out. Um, it speaking of Chicago. Yes. The pizza. draft. Yes, pizza. We also uh, here in Nashville just got a Geno's East downtown. I, did you know that? I didn't know it was open, but I've heard great things about it in Chicago. So mm-hmm. if it's open now, I will be uh, going yeah. there right after this. Yeah. And great thing about that is you can go and you can write on the walls and stuff. Oh, I love writing on walls when I don't get in trouble for it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the draft lottery was in Chicago this week. Yes. So the draft lottery, just saying that in general sounds a little confusing, but it's for the NBA. So start with that. Mm-hmm. And it's an annual event that they put on to determine the rankings of when the teams will pick. Right. And the, the um, I guess, kind of why this is so topical, I guess, not only is it happening right now, the actual draft isn't until June, but yes. with just having the NFL draft, they're very different how they decide the ranking of how everyone's going to pick yes. between the NFL and the NBA. Yeah. So in the NFL, it goes based on uh, your final record, how you did in the season, mm-hmm. nothing else. That's like it. whoever won the Super Bowl goes last. Whoever had the worst record goes first, and it is in secession from them. Right. NBA makes a little bit more of a spectacle about it. Yes, which I actually kind of like, and I have a twist that I would like them to put on it that I'll say in a minute. Okay. But <laughs> so wait. they do a draft for the first four teams, and then after that, it goes in secession. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's the teams that didn't make it to the playoffs. So essentially, yeah. the worst teams in the league get put into um, a little almost like a clear box your ball box yeah. thing and then they put envelopes in there and then they pull out the logo mm-hmm. and pick from there that's like the most fair way they can do it pick straws whatever but the worst teams so you've got a chance even though like not every team is going to be picked in it if your record is so bad you have a chance to be the first overall draft pick or yeah. second or third or yeah. fourth and with basketball i mean they play so many games that all of the bad records are going to be very close like this year, the top three uh, were the Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans, Memphis Grizzlies, and then the New York Knicks. And everyone knew that whoever got the first pick was getting Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, we talked about him on multiple previous podcasts. He is the number one, no doubt about it. But now what I'm thinking, what they should do, you're on, you do the draft lottery and then plot twist. As soon as your logo is pulled, you're on the clock. Oh, so you don't know like you they did the draft lottery this week draft is in June after, June, the, playoffs. after the playoffs. Why not add a little bit more spice to it? Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that only like if they would have pulled out the Pelicans and then they would have been on the clock. Pick. They have to be like, we want Zion now. Wow. Well, I guess. But don't tell them. Right. Yeah. It would kind of be like, kind of be like the end of like after the final rose during the bachelor and the bachelorette. And then they brought in those five and she's like, like, surprise, you're actually starting tonight. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, I have to figure out how to talk because she sometimes struggles with forming sentences. Can you imagine if they did that? They were like, all right, Pelicans, uh, you're on the clock now. Here you go. Uh, Here's Zion. Here's your other three top prospects. Pick one, take them home. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if we can it up a bit. Let's see if we can uh, push that up the flagpole. We have a TBT to kind of explain a little bit about the draft lottery, um, which is 
one of my favorite conspiracy theories in sports. Ooh, I love conspiracy theories. So, yeah. So uh, don't get me wrong. Like, I love football, but basketball is definitely my favorite sport. So back in 1985, which I've said this before, and I will say it again, the 80s was prime sports, prime music. If I could be in my 20s and in my prime in any era, it would be the 80s for sure. They just had the shortest shorts and it was lovely. Yeah, like the style. I mean, I could probably do without that, but the style was <laughs> They different. were very short. Yeah, which those are coming back around. Those chubbies. Here for it. Oh, not into it. <laughs> anyway, our TBT for this week is the rigged NBA lottery draft of 1985 when the New York Knicks snagged the first overall pick and they were able to get and select Patrick Ewing, who you will know from the not Oscar nominated Space Jam. Rigged. That's the real rig here. That's the conspiracy. Why didn't Space Jam win an Oscar? Yeah, I'm not here to talk about the New York yeah, Knicks we're here and to, how they got the pick. Yeah. We're here to talk about We're here to Space campaign. <laughs> well, honestly, it obviously is not going to happen now, but we could campaign for LeBron's version of Space Jam. Yeah, actually we could. Well, I, I kind of would like to see it first. I don't really, I'm not a fan of like remakes. I'm not either, but the, the youth of today need a Space Jam. I mean, I agree. They need it. So Patrick Ewing was one of the best prospects in years. The Knicks were the marquee franchise at the time, and they needed a star player. At the time, they were heading into the 1985 lottery, um, coming off of a 24-58 and 58 season, which means they won 24 games. They lost 58, which yeah, gave that's them— that's not the margin you want. No, that's a 29% winning percentage. Rough. I mean, that's not great. The, their best player at the time was Bernard King. He was a small forward, averaging like 33 points a game. He's in the NBA Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, the team on his back, essentially. Yeah, he um, had just torn his ACL. So oh, I know, so that was kind of—they needed the something. Worst. Yeah, they were like—they were really struggling. They needed something. So the crazy thing is, if you go and you watch, you can YouTube this. If you go and you watch, um, th- this was the first year that they did the lottery like this, or they did, you know, how they were picking the draft um, order like this. So the guy that puts the envelopes in this big plastic clear ball, he shows everybody the envelopes, and then he goes and he puts them in one at a time. He and you don't know which envelope this is, but he kind of throws one of the envelopes and it hits the side. Then they like mix it up. Mm-hmm. And then once um, David Stern pulls the envelope out and he picks the New York Knicks, the corner of this envelope is folded. So everyone's like conspiring. Yeah, as they should. As they should. And thinking like, what the heck? Like, how did how did the Knicks get that first like how did they get so lucky they were doing so terribly they really needed to be the one that got the first round first overall pick yeah and they got it but it's just kind of weird how it happened they didn't try and like did the other teams try and overturn it did they like actually file a petition or was just all just like speculation like did anyone try and act on it i mean i don't think it ever like came of anything i just yeah. think everyone you know it's kind of like when roger goodell gets up there in front of the microphone everyone's it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly um so Question for you. What were the biggest takeaways from the NBA lottery draft for you? Um, Personally, I wanted the Knicks to get the number one because I don't know. I I just kind of like their fan base. And obviously they have a lot of celebrities on the sideline. And I thought that Zion would really help them. I don't really know too much about the Pelicans. Actually, a guy that I went to high school with, Pat Young, um, ended up playing for the Pelicans for a little while. So. My parents live near New Orleans, so go them. But I don't know. I I really think if they spruce it up and add in my idea of being like, oh, you got the number one pick. Oh, pick it now. 
ratings are flying through the roof. I think that I I I put myself in Zion Williamson's <laughs> shoes. You don't want to do that. No, I His shoes are going to break. N- <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good pun. Thank you. Um, no, I think about how he must be feeling at being there in Chicago because essentially everyone's speculating that he's going to go first overall pick. Mm-hmm. So whoever gets picked first as like, hey, you have the first pick, that's like who you're going for. Yeah. And they scanned to him when like it was announced. And it's not that he was upset. It's not that he was like happy. He was very like mediocre almost yeah. was his response. And like I'm just thinking what's going through his mind is like, huh. Didn't necessarily think New Orleans I'd be going to the it Pelicans. is. Yeah, like okay, so I guess I just kind of gotta get used to it. But like that's gotta be so weird for him being there, like having so much pressure on him to it be is. like, what do you think? That's probably gonna be your home. It is, but I'm hoping that the same thing doesn't happen to him that happened to Johnny Manziel, where everyone thought he was gonna be the first pick, and then pick after pick after pick, they abandoned Johnny, and he, I'm telling you, he, like getting angry that his name hadn't been called yet. I can't imagine that's going to happen to Zion. I mean, he's an 18-year-old wonder player. Right, yeah. He, I mean, there hasn't been a player like Zion coming out of, um, coming into the draft in years. Yeah, like he is once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And hopefully, if he doesn't go to the Pelicans, he will go to one of these top four teams, and he's going to make a huge impact on the professional market. It's time for No Dumb Questions. We've all been there. Trust us, there is no such thing as a dumb question. The only dumb question is the one that you do not ask. Tweet at us, hashtag no dumb questions, direct message us, whatever you need. We will help you understand a little bit better. We answer them here for you. All right, Brittany, this one goes to you. This is through our uh, Twitter DMs from Claire. And she just wants to know how many fouls can you get before you're ejected? Ooh, that's a great question, Claire. Mm-hmm. So you personally, in a basketball game, you get five fouls. Now, I've always been under the uh, mindset that you are allowed five. There are some coaches who are a little touchy about, like, if you get one, they're going to pull you out because yeah, like you, have, you, if, you have to get early. Yeah, calm down if you get them early. If you get two, like, back-to-back, it's like, all right, they've got – the refs have their eye on you. Yeah. They're going to so, start calling like anything. If you just like graze across someone's shoulder, they're going to start calling it because they're looking out for you. Right. Yeah. So space them out a little bit if you're yes. going <laughs> to if you're going to use them. But you can't take them home with you is what my parents always said. So that's true. Mm-hmm. You, they don't roll over. If you don't get all five in one game, you don't get 10 the next game. Right. So you get your four fouls. And then once you get your fifth, you play until you're called on your fifth. And once you're called on your fifth, you're out. You you're out have to sit out. Yes. That's it. Well, Avery, I think we did it. We did. This Thursday, knocked it out of the park once again. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of Step One Learn Sports. New episodes coming at you every other Thursday. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 104.5 The Zone's website. Subscribe. Uh, Thank you to producer Rhett Bryan, Arby's. And follow us on Twitter at S1LS Podcast. And don't forget to send us your no-done questions. Thanks. Thank you.